0: welcome beautiful endo warriors and welcome to the endo consciousness podcast a safe space where we can all come together to learn new and valuable information that we can each implement into our own unique healing journeys so grab your hot heating pad your cup of tea whatever it is you need and tune into today's episode
1: hello hello
0: hi how are you
1: I'm good, thanks. How are
0: you? Good. How's the How's the day over there for you?
1: <laughs> all right, all right. Glad it's nearly the end of the week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for oops, for coming on here.
1: Not a problem at all. I'm quite excited. Yeah, me
0: too. <laughs> Do you want to just start with your story and everything you've been
1: through and then we can go from there? yeah not a problem at all not a problem at all <laughs> uh so yeah my 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 story i suppose of when i when i <clears throat> started endometriosis. so i um I started my period when I was about fifteen years old okay um they were always irregular um but I think uh, like a lot of young people when they are when you're young you just sort of get told it's normal uh, as you get older they'll fall in line they'll become more regular mm-hmm. um from 15 they were always sort of super heavy so all of my friends I went to an all-girls school um and all of my friends were talking about wearing tampons and I was like oh I don't think I could ever do that um <laughs> yeah. you know I just I just wouldn't have the confidence so I was wearing you know the big maxi nighttime pads mm-hmm. that were sort of, they're, I mean, they're massive, um, very often kind of doubling them up and trying to prevent yes. leakage on clothing. Um, yeah, that sort was of, me too. <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? You'd wake up like in the middle of the night and have leaked everywhere.
0: Oh, yeah, it was brutal.
1: Yeah, and then like at school, you'd sit on the – we used to have fabric chairs and you'd sit on the chairs and you'd oh. kind of every time you get up, you look behind you and go, have I had yep. an accident and what do I do <laughs> if I have? It yep. was – it was mortifying. And although I went to an all-girls school, you, it's not something you talk about as young girls. Yeah. Um, so I went to see the doctor because my periods were sort of so irregular and, and so heavy. Um, and I'd tell them about, you know, sort of the pain I was experiencing. And they'd just say, oh, you just need to increase your pain intolerance. It's just a period. Mm. Um, and one doctor told me off for trying to skip school or, you know, Making excuses for not doing my homework. It it was just one of those things where you just didn't feel believed. Yeah. Um. And then it kind of limped on like that. So from the age of 15, probably until about the age of 18, I was just like, oh, this is just, you know, this is just normal. Everyone has this and they just cope better than I do. Yeah. Um. And then when I was 18, my then boyfriend, I was sat around his and just kept getting really bad pains in my ovaries. Um, And the pain got so bad that he carried me to his car. He drove me home. He was sort of debating at that stage whether to take me to hospital. And when he got to my parents' house, I sort of collapsed on the doorstep. My mum called the out-of-hours doctor. And when the doctor arrived, he was like, have some pain medication. Contact me in the morning. Um, We need to investigate this because this isn't normal. Um, And that was the first time, really, that I, I felt like I'd been listened to. Mm-hmm. um that doctor was re- really good referred me to a gynecologist I had ultrasounds I had blood tests um at that stage it came to light that I've got polycystic ovarian syndrome oh wow um and I was it sounds awful I was really relieved yeah because I was like this is great I know what it is there's yeah. an answer. You have something to work with now, not just, yeah. this
0: is normal, get over it.
1: Yes, yeah, so I was like, brilliant, that's great. I was like, it explains the irregular periods, Um, it like I have excess hair, it explains that, mm-hmm. it explains the chronic fatigue. I was like, anything it doesn't explain is I still have heavy periods, I have nausea every month, and I have really bad pain, and none of that seemed to fit with the PCOS. But I was like, you know what, I'm going with this because it's taken years to get here, Mm-hmm. I'm happy. Um, sort of over the next few years, just we kept going back for ultrasounds and tests. And it was really frustrating because every time I'd talk about the pain, they'd go, oh, you don't have PCOS. And then I'd go back again and they'd go, you do have PCOS. And it, literally years of backwards and forwards, going on about this pain, going on about the nausea and just going, oh, maybe, maybe you're anxious. Maybe the nausea is your anxiety or maybe it's all in your head you know and it, hmm. even though I'd had this diagnosis still frustrating yeah and then kind of fast forward to 2014 and my husband and I were referred to a fertility consultant mm-hmm. um because due to the PCOS and my lack of periods um they were like it's going to be really tough for you to get pregnant naturally yeah um we did various different fertility drugs which weren't successful and got referred to IVF Um, and it was after we had a failed cycle and a miscarriage the pain in my ovary was just excruciating and I was the the hospital like oh you know maybe it's ectopic they ruled that out and they were like we just don't know what this pain is we're going to refer you back to your gynecologist um, and they'll have to do further tests the gynecologist was just like Oh, I think it's your PCOS. Um, you know, you could go on the pill, but mm-hmm. uh, if you want to have children,
0: that's you not... can't. Yeah, that's that's not a solution.
1: <laughs> um, and then in twenty seventeen, after my husband and I had been through sort of multiple rounds of IVF, we were like, "This just, you know, it's not for us," um, but we still want to try and be parents. Um, so my consultant suggested something called ovarian drilling. What's that? Um, it's, it's, it sounds pretty grim. Um, it's where they make (laughs) holes in your ovaries to release testosterone. Okay. Um, and the idea is that if they do that, that will kickstart your periods to have a more regular cycle. Um, yeah, don't watch it on YouTube is my only advice. Okay. I will not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so my consultant at the time said we'll do that but also whilst you're under we'll sort of do a full checkup and just see what else is going on um see if we can identify what this pain is that you keep talking about Mm -hmm. um and when i came to after the operation they're like we think you've got endometriosis we just you know we're we're pretty certain you've got adhesions Mm -hmm. on your bowel which would account for all of the pain um they did, a, they did a biopsy, and when that came back, they're like, yeah, it's definitely endometriosis. Mm. Um, and the only thing we can do to fix it is we can stop your periods. Um, but obviously, that would kind of counteract the whole you trying to have children. Yeah. So basically, the response was, you know, suck it up, <laughs> deal with it. Ugh, um, hate that. <laughs> I think the, the worst thing was, so about a week after the operation, our original fertility consultant who we'd seen all those years ago, rang me up mm. and she was ever so lovely. And she said, do you want to be part of an endometriosis trial? Oh. She's like, So we, we, you know, we've got this trial coming up. It's for people who've sort of given up being parents. So we declined because obviously we, we wanted to try naturally to still be parents, but just before yeah. hanging up, she, she said, I'm really happy you decided to investigate. And I was like, What do you mean, investigate? And she went, oh, we always thought you had endometriosis when you were talking about the pain. But didn't say a word. Oh,
0: wow.
1: She she was like, we never took it further because you said you wanted a baby, so we just referred you to the IVF. Wow. So I was like, why would you not?
0: Yeah. That could have saved you so much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So then... About three months after the operation, um, so we had about three months of like no pain. Mm-hmm. And then three months after, the pain came back again. And it, it was just like this constant pain in my left ovary. Um, so my gynecologist referred me for an MRI. And when the results came back, he basically confirmed that everything that they had removed was all back again. Wow, that was um, fast. Yeah. Uh, and it just felt really frustrating because you were sort of like, I went through all of that and the recovery period was quite, I felt quite, diff- was quite difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now it's all back. So now I, you know, I still have the monthly vomiting. I still have my irregular periods. Um, and now it's progressed to lower back pain as well, which wasn't so much of an issue before.
0: Yeah, that uh, lower back pain is something else.
1: (laughs) I didn't even realize it was a thing for endometriosis. And it was only through, I think, um, following you and some of the things you've been posting. that I was like, how did I not know this was even a thing?
0: Well, and I'm glad that you learned that from me because I spent years thinking that I just had like something wrong with the discs in my back. Because yeah. I remember once I I no, looking back now I know it was a flare up, but it was I was on my floor for three weeks I couldn't move I couldn't get up because my back hurt so bad, and it was just an endo flare up and I never knew that. It's only been the last probably like two three years that I've actually put together that my back pain is from endo.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 I think it's crazy. I mean the the, the amount or or the little amount that like I know about it because I think again it was listening to something you'd said on your podcast recently I was like I really struggle with eating certain foods mm-hmm. I really struggle with eating certain foods and I can never figure out what foods are going to make me ill yeah um and it was like I was listening to you and I was going hold on a minute could this be related to my endo <laughs> and I was you know when you're just saying I just had no clue yeah just absolutely like no no insight into what's causing things. I was just like, maybe I'm just intolerant to certain foods.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and you know what, just to get off topic for a second, kind of like it, ma- it makes me really not happy, but happy to hear that what I'm setting out to do is actually helping people because that's, I spent so many years with no resources whatsoever and having to learn all this stuff on my own. And it is insane how much goes into living with this disease that no one is told about. Yes. You're sent out the door and you're just like, oh, you know, maybe go Google it, but that's all we can <laughs> tell you. Like, okay, cool, thanks.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, just, you know, to put it into perspective, one of my my friends, a good friend of mine has recently been diagnosed Yeah, um, and she hasn't told anyone that, mm. that this has happened. And she said the other day, she said, because of the things that I was sharing on Instagram, which, you know, are, are things that I've you know, or on yours. So I've shared your stories yes. and other people's stories. She said, it's only through the stories that I'm sharing from other people that she's learned what the condition means. Oh, wow. Um, and she, like she, you know, she doesn't want to talk about it with anyone else. She's talked to her consultant. They've done what you said and they've just said, go away. Yeah. Um, you know, Google it. Here's an information sheet, but the information mm. sheet basically says, go away and ask someone else for help. Yeah. um, and yeah she's been finding out through instagram and i just think it's it's awful yeah it is absolutely wow yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah so like that that sort of you know that's where i'm at at the moment so i've actually got um, an mri again tomorrow mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i think Following on from last time I tatted to you, obviously I'm struggling with the with the vomiting and, the, and mainly the back pain. So they've scheduled an MRI to go back through and see how it's progressed.
0: Yeah, hopefully um, they can give you some good answers.
1: I'm hoping so. It's just, I think for me the frustration is what is the next step? Yeah. Um, and and how do we kind of resolve it? Because living with the back pain is just unbearable.
0: Yeah. So just like, if I can just kind of weigh in on that a little bit, I know with food, food is the main issue of my back flare ups. Um, So one of the things that you can do is just start keeping a journal. Um, Some people like to just cut out all of the trigger, like the common trigger foods, and then like leave them out for a week or two, and then just add one in track how it makes you feel. And then if that doesn't make you feel crappy, add in another one track, how that makes you feel. It's a long process. Um, For me. And again, it's probably even a longer process of just like slowly cutting things out and learning, okay, I've eaten too much gluten and now I'm in severe pain. So gluten is obviously a trigger for me. Um, But yeah, just going through like the list of Google it and go through all the list of things that are trigger foods and just try your best to cut all of it out and see if that makes a difference.
1: That sounds like really good advice. Yeah. Like it's, it's (laughs) insane. Once
0: you start cutting those out and then when you eat it, you don't realize how much the food actually affects you. And like, and it's not just cutting it out and like in a week, you're going to feel better. Like, I mean, if you have enough of it built in your body, it might take a month for you to feel better. But once you, once you feel better and then you try eating that again and you realize how much pain that's actually causing you, it's very eye opening
1: i find yeah i i just wish i'd spoken to you years ago
0: (laughs) years ago i wouldn't have had the same advice i have now though (laughs) everything is in perfect timing
1: (laughs) yeah yeah definitely definitely (laughs) Uh, okay so
0: so you got an mri tomorrow so is there like are you on any medications are you trying anything else to manage this holistically right now and just so that you're not bogging your body down with Tylenol and everything else that's out there?
1: I'm, if I'm honest, I'm not on medication. So that when every time I speak to my consultant about medication, mm-hmm. the only thing he recommends is going on the pill. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. And that's where we keep coming back to. He's either like the pill or you need to have a hysterectomy. Mm. Um, and neither of those are very helpful if you're trying to start a family no not at all <laughs> um so yeah we end up stuck in a in a bit of a in a bit of a loop with him because we say you know oh we want to try try and have a family he's like oh don't have a, don't go on the pill then and he's like well the only other solution is your hysterectomy but you can't have that either so just go away have some mm. paracetamol when the pain gets bad and they don't touch the side when the pain gets bad yeah. um but that's all he that's all he recommends. So it's just you know getting in bed with the hot water bottle, hmm. having having as many painkillers as I'm allowed. Yeah, um, and hoping for the best.
0: So, have you looked into excision surgery by chance?
1: I haven't. No
0: because that so I definitely recommend never ever getting ablation surgery because that just causes more issues than good Um, but excision surgery is where they cut out all of the scar tissue and the endometriosis endometriosis that they can see Um, and so I had that done when I had my hysterectomy and it helped a lot because I'm not having as much pain as I was Um, definitely is not a cure but it definitely takes away a lot of the scar tissue inside your body so that might be um, if that's something you're obviously do your research, yeah. make your decisions that way, but it might be a way to help you get to a point where you're in less pain. So then you can start trying for a baby and doing all of these things.
1: Yeah. No, de- definitely like that. I think because after the um after the ovarian drilling, I think they did that initially. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's what they're probably gonna suggest after the MRI is we have it done again. Yeah. Um, my only fear is how quickly it comes back. Yeah, because last time it was that three months, and I'm like, if it's three months again, but did
0: so they did excir-
1: excision yeah. surgery
0: on that one. Oh, yeah,
1: okay. yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and then that's a lot of the things with the food too, because endo is estrogen fueled. So if you're say eating soy or a lot of like the trigger foods, some of that can cause like I know a lot of red meats can cause. Um, your endo
1: to grow more quickly I was gonna say. now you tell me that I love red (laughs) meat it's one of the things I eat the most oh
0: yeah and that it's one of like the most common trigger foods in people with endo
1: yeah and then I've been avoiding normal milk because of polycystic (laughs) ovaries Mm -hmm. and probably having soya milk Mm.
0: I mean I made the switch to almond milk
1: Ah. there's no soy
0: in it um and, and not everyone likes almond milk I know there's oat milk and stuff like that too but um there's definitely other options out there
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I just like that. I just wish someone would talk you through it when they you know when they give you the diagnosis they avoid these foods yeah. and do this <laughs> yep it'll help you so you won't have the pain
0: <laughs> yeah oh I know I wish there was way more information out there but I mean, that is the point of this podcast. And I'm like, I love seeing everyone with their pages on Instagram and Facebook because it's just more voices out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: eventually maybe, I mean, we're already getting a step in the right direction. I was talking to someone yesterday that, um, you know, they were actually given some good information from their doctor and places to start looking. So I was like, at least we're we're starting to get there very slowly, but just got to keep putting our voices out there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we're we're doing well i mean endometriosis u k one of the charities that I follow they do a lot of great work that's good um and they give a lot of information um and they're really doing a a big campaign to try and push the the you know the time frame for diagnosis as well mm-hmm. um because the fact that on average it's eight years yep is crazy oh, I know it's sad to think about it's yeah you know when you talk to people and they how long you've had to wait just to hear that news yeah it's yeah
0: and how bad your pain has to get before they take you seriously
1: yeah and I think like we were talking about earlier the fact that we all get told it's just normal it's Mm -hmm. just normal go away it's just normal your pain threshold is just needs to be higher yeah it's 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 always sad when it's a relief to hear that you have something
0: yeah yeah to have a reason for all of your pain that it's not just in your head or you're not a wimp essentially yeah which is how you feel isn't it, it yeah is how they make like, you oh, feel and I am such a wimp <laughs> this is how it is how come my mom doesn't feel like this how can my friends don't feel like this like
1: definitely yeah. I think for me as well because I went to that all-girls school and seeing all my friends not struggling <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and also that adverts for for Tampacks and things where you know all the girls are dancing around in white outfits oh my god I know those are so dumb and, <laughs> and I'm like one I would never wear white if I was yeah. at all because I never knew when mine was gonna surprise me mm-hmm. uh and two even if I did know when it was gonna come because it was so heavy it was like I'm not gonna wear white and I'm certainly not dancing through the hills right
0: <laughs> I do I'm not in, feel that good
1: no I'm in bed curled up with my hot water bottle <laughs> and my painkillers and hoping um, that it will end soon.
0: Yeah, I know. Those freaking tampon and pad <laughs> commercials are ridiculous. And like,
1: Yeah, I'm I'm glad they've started to change them now. Me too, yeah. <laughs> it was always, you know, like I say, seeing them and just going, is that what I meant to feel like? Because I don't. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> no, definitely not. Oh, goodness.
0: <laughs> uh, so is there anything else that you would like to share or talk about while I have you on here?
1: Um, I just think, I suppose it's really important. Like what you're doing is amazing. Um, I think the podcast is really important and I just think it's really important that people know that they're not alone going through this. Yes, Um, absolutely. You know, there are so many of us who are dealing with it and you know, it's, it's good that you're speaking up and letting people know that they're not alone where they can get information. And also that, you know, if they are worried about having pain, um, that they just need to keep pushing, and letting their doctors know, and not taking no for an answer, and you know, not being told it's just your period.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You Know your body. You know what's right. Um, yes. And I just think that's really important. Like I say, I absolutely, I, I think what you're doing is vital for people.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. It's nice to hear that.
1: <laughs> like I say, it's it's been uh, you've been an absolute brilliant resource for me. So. Aww. That's good. That's good. I'm glad.
0: I am glad, and I hope that there is more. I I really want, you know. my My hope is that more people start speaking up and, you know, providing that. Unless there are the bigger voice we have, you know.
1: Definitely, definitely. I think yeah. also the more stories you hear, um, the more you can relate to people, and you can find stories like your own. Yeah, and the less alone you'll feel yeah and you it's sad but you start to fill a community of of women who are you know going through what we're going through yeah
0: yeah Um, it it's definitely nice knowing you know that you're not alone out there that you know there's so many others going through that and I mean as yes like you said as sad as it is because we I don't want anyone to have to deal with this but it's it's a lot better than when I was diagnosed and it was just like, I was in my own little bubble and there was no one around me that knew what I was going through.
1: <laughs> yeah, d- definitely. So. It's nice to have other people to talk to and, you know, just talking you know, to you now and knowing that I'm, I'm not strange for having back pain and I'm not strange for struggling with food. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. No, nope, not at all.
1: <laughs> it's all reassuring, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it's good. I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's really reassuring in a sad way to know that there are others <laughs> that, that are dealing with it and uh, that, you know, it is something it's not all in my head. <laughs> no, it's not.
0: It's not at all. And, and honestly, like, and that's another thing that I want everyone to know is that it takes time to make all those changes. It's it's not an overnight thing. You've spent your entire life living one way. You can't expect just because you have a diagnosis that you're going to change everything overnight. It takes time. there's going to be slip ups and not to beat yourself up when those slip ups come and happen, because it's a mistake. We all make mistakes and you can start again.
1: Yeah. Essentially it. Definitely. Definitely.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was really nice to hear your story. And I hope someone else or many others can find some comfort and knowing that you know maybe they relate to you in a lot of ways and knowing they're not alone so Th-
1: thank you so much for inviting me It's has yeah. a real pleasure
0: thank you awesome well I hope you have a great rest of your evening and uh, I will talk to you again I look forward to it thanks cheers Bye.